Welcome back to the Bold Calls Fantasy Football Show. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, DFS Army contributor Chris Felicetta. Chris and I are going to be talking about all of the NFL training camp news and notes and how it's going to affect your fantasy football drafts. Let's do this. <laughs> Chris, how's it going? Welcome to the program. Not bad, man. Everything is going great. Dead in the middle of draft season. Fired off at least oh, yeah. four or five today. I am uh, up to date on all the latest ADPs and ready to talk about it. That's 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 just fantastic. I, you know, it's funny. We were joking before the show started here that, you know, we know a few degenerates that play in these different contests. But how, how many contests are you up to now? You said over 400? <laughs> Four, I did the count today because I figured you might ask. Four fifty nine on my uh, total best ball entries as of as of tonight. As of I snuck oh. one more in uh, before we got started. I'm four fifty nine. Good lord! Well, and, and so you are part of the Underdog Cardio Club. I don't, is that an official thing, or is that something you kind of? Yeah, that it's kind of <clears throat> it's kind of cool. Like about two months ago, uh, Pete Overzet, who you probably know, is on a mm-hmm. million different streams. Is one of their like brand ambassadors. Yeah. came up with this i think him and nick rudman who's kind of like the one of the front facing guys for underdog and they did a thing where if you just posted your lineup switch with the hashtag underdog cardio when you were like doing a run or like a bike yeah. at the gym or whatever if you did that seven times you'd get a free t-shirt so i'm like fine i do cardio pretty much every day anyway so mm-hmm. you know it's a fun thing post your draft but then they told you after it was all completed that you also got rake back on any best ball media entry you did so that every $25 best ball media entry you're getting if you're in this underdog cardio club you're getting three dollars back every day so I didn't know I'd be doing the underdog cardio club every day until like yeah. you know the draft filled but it turned into like just doing seven and ha- having some fun posting it to like that's a serious you know rake back on a $25 contest is is a real uh, legit promo so I don't mind throwing out my runs every morning with a draft what you do is you take that three dollars back and then you go enter just a slow draft slow draft three dollar contest and you're double dipping it's perfect yeah or they today th- this is just an example of how big best ball is getting they released the three dollar pomeranian contest they called it mm-hmm. and it was sixteen thousand people and it filled within three hours it filled about three and a half hours they did it and they're right now as we're talking they launched a super flex one tonight at three dollar 15 15 max and it'll it'll fill probably before we go to bed it's it's crazy that's insane so 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 for those of you who are avid listeners of the show as you know go over to underdog if you have not deposited before you can get a hundred dollar uh deposit match up to a hundred dollars uh, just use code DFS Army. There's a link in the description below. And of course, if you want to follow along and check out Chris's drafts and you want to judge him for them or give him kudos, it's just at Chris Felicetta, right? Just your first last name. Well, that that's me on Twitter. Yeah. So you can um on stupidly on underdog. My name is Uncle Mayweather's. It's an old um from one of my season long teams that I like going back to the nineties, but uh but yeah, if on, on Twitter it's Chris Felicetta, that's what I post under on DFS Army too. So you can see all the cardio club dress and everything I'm doing on there at Chris Felicetta. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So one of the things we like about Underdog is just the fact that they are so quick to reflect the, the change in ADPs, uh, just based off of their software. It's one of the reasons we love to use them and, and we like to be a partner with them. Um, question I have to ask for you though is you're obviously you're in the heat of it. You're doing well over 400 drafts. You're you're a maniac, but 
this is a time of year we are so overcome with information. What is your approach when you hear, you know, uh, Romeo Dubs is the greatest player since in Green Bay history, or George Pickens is the second coming of Jesus Christ? Like, what is? How do you sift through that information? I mean, and actually use it in, as actionable when you're doing your drafts. I really. T- <clears throat> Excuse me. I really try to take it on a case by case basis, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the benefits of kind of. St- I started in the um, the best ball mania contest the day it opened, and mm-hmm. you know you're getting some crazy values relative to where things are now. Like I looked at the first draft I did before we got on here, and George Pickens went in round 15. I did mm-hmm. the underdog cardio club draft I did this morning in the same tournament. He went in the fifth round, which is absurd. I mean that. That's it ridiculous. Is. Like he goes more recently, more like 10th, 11th round, which I think is still probably a little rich and speculative, but I can understand that. But like people are crazy. People react to the latest news. And I think you just have to sift through it and, and see what you believe and what you don't. I think the most famous example of that is last year with Jamar Chase, when he apparently couldn't catch a football, like the, yeah. the, the white stripes of the football were were inhibited him from catching it. This was a guy who won the Belitnikov Award at 19 years old or whatever it was. So I, yeah. I completely faded that information. But now I, I am getting a little George Pickens. And I'm not going to go crazy because in a tournament like that, like there's a lot of people, like I have a lot of round 15, round 14, mm-hmm. round 13 shares. And on the other side, I kind of was slow to react to Romeo Dubs. So I'm not going to take a lot of Romeo Dubs in like the ninth or 10th round when there's already been 200,000 people that drafted and have him in the 17th and 18th round. I just feel like I'm going to have a hard time making up that value if Romeo Dubs hits, you know? That's actually, that's a really sharp comment. It's something that, that the geek and I talk about all the time. It's just the fact that when you're doing just an individual standalone best ball contest, ADPs relative to where they were a month ago really don't matter because it's you're just going up against 11 of your best friends, right? Exactly. But where in, is in these tournaments where they've been open for months and months and the values have shifted? I mean, even think of like, you know, the higher caloric players like Alvin Kamara. He was going mid to late third round when there was that suspension looming. I saw him going to draft in the early round two, which to be honest, that might even be good value yeah, right I, now. So I got a couple shares of him in the early fourth round when that was wow. going on. Like, and that that's, I think in a tournament like that, where you have to beat 460, whatever thousand people mm-hmm. speculate, like you got to think I'm probably not winning anyway with this entry. So take a little bit of a chance, have a more aggressive approach. And that's definitely, I'm, I'm playing for upside with every, with every draft and almost every pick I do. And that, that's something I've learned from, from mistakes in the past. Like mm-hmm. I think last year I had way too much Gio Bernard just thinking, okay, he's a safe pick. He's going to, you know, get me 10 points. He's going to get some receptions that, you know, cover my buys or injuries that, that 10 points that he even speculatively could get you. It's not going to help you in week 17 when you're trying to win a million bucks. Like the wise move was to be taking the more risky play on say, um, Penny, like who is obviously much more speculative yeah. than Gio. He has much, longer history of injury we didn't even know if he'd be around in week 17 but he wound up being the nuts that you need so this year i'm taking more chances like that dudes that i think can actually have a big effect if things go right for them than the safe like floor plays especially in tournaments you got to play for that upside just hammer upside on your bench don't like none of these uh boring ass 
10, 11 points per week. That's not going to move the needle at all to win a tournament. Um, We were talking about Romeo Dubs. We were talking about George Pickens. Let's talk about rookies a little bit because we love rookies. Uh, We were all in dynasty leagues. Who are some of the rookies this year that you've got some of the most exposures to? Or maybe you were slower to to buy into and now you're starting to get more shares of. Is there anybody that jumps out at you? Yeah, um, right off the bat, my highest exposure player on underdog is Damian Pierce. I've been drafting Damian Pierce since the contest opened, and he's had a hot um, preseason. The first game, he looked really good. But the way I was looking at it is all he has to do is beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. And this is a dude like that I listen to you and Brandon and Michael Dickinson and these guys because I don't watch a ton of college football. Like I kind of like let my girlfriend have Saturdays for the most part yeah. because yeah. I'm like Sundays, Mondays, Thursday nights are out of the question. So it's like, I kind of give her Saturdays. So I don't, I, I rely on guys like you and, and Alan and people that really like put the time in and grind it. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of sharp people were aunt thought this guy had the ta- more talent than his numbers indicated at, at Florida. Cause he was kind of in a committee and the coach didn't play him as much as he should. And then he gets out there and looks awesome. And I'm just like, He's going to beat out Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. So that that he's my my highest exposure running back right now. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons we love Damian Pierce was, for one, I mean, uh, the, my first, like, when I'm really diving into the offseason, it's the Senior Bowl. And he was yeah. he, he was one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the standout players at the Senior Bowl, along with Rashad White. Those were two of the best players. But it's just, it's a hyper-efficiency, right? So, again, we're going to have to start again. So on 100 attempts last year, 100 attempts. Okay, 574 yards and 13 touchdowns. And he could also catch the ball, 19 receptions for 216 yards. It's just an absolutely insane efficiency level that, you know, to be honest with you, we assume it's not going to be sustainable. And then he goes out in the preseason game and puts up over nine yards per carry. So I don't know, maybe this guy's Superman, but realistically, it's going to reverse back to the mean. We are preaching caution a little bit because the Houston Texans in general probably aren't going to be that good of a team this year. If they get five or six wins, that'll probably be a good thing. So just that, you know, that touchdown opportunity may not yeah. be there. But it's not, it's not, uh, you know, going to be there like someone with like Lenny who in a good offense, but yeah, I do think that where he's going in the 10th, 11th round right oh, now, yeah. like he's a, he's a smash to me. He's, oh, he's, he's an absolute smash. Players. What about the wide receivers? I mean, Drake London, he had the inj- the, uh, the the leg injury, which it sounds like it's not going to be a big deal, but he's going to miss a little bit of practice time. Um, obviously, we know Traylon Burks has had the issues with the breathing, and he's the best player. He's the best rookie. Oh, he's the worst. He's playing with third teams. Like, I don't buy into that. I've been hammering. I think we're getting a discount good. there. I good, think good, we're, good, he good. was one of my highest on players as well. I'm Because you can get him now in the 10th round, and I think – what did they spend an 18th overall pick on him? Trade array AJ Brown. He might start off slow, but look what look what Amon Ross St. Brown did last year. Like he was a necessary player to advance in the playoffs of these contests. He won people their leagues. So I think that Traylon's going to come on late. He's got his only real target competition is Bobby Trees, who I love, but he's a million years old and coming off an ACL. Mm-hmm. And Austin Hooper, who, you know, like. He's a mm-hmm. nice tight end, but Traylon Burks is by far the most talented pass catcher on that team. And I and I think where you're getting him now, occasionally in the 10th round, 9th, 10th round, I think there's only really upside there. 
No, I agree with you. I mean, as you know, I mean, we, we've been super high on Traylon Brooks pretty much this entire time. Um, how do you feel about Kadarius or not Kadarius Tony? Um, how do you feel about Chris Olave at this at this moment? Because Michael Thomas, the hype is continuing, man. He's he, apparently he's going to yeah. be ready for the start of the season. That's a tricky situation. Like that's one of my fades. Michael Thomas is one of my fades that I'm a little bit scared about now because I yeah. just didn't believe that after not playing for two and a half years. And now having to contend with Alave, having to contend with Landry for targets, that he would, mm-hmm. if he's even able to come back, that he would be himself again. So I wasn't buying him in the seventh and eighth round when he was available there. So now that he's going, that he looks great and everybody's hyped up on him, he's going the fifth. I'm, I'm not really yeah. getting. I'm just if, if Michael Thomas is who you need to win it, I'm, I'm probably going to be in trouble this year. I love Alave, and uh, you can get Alave again, like probably two or three rounds later than than Thomas. I don't have a ton of him because just the way I, I mean, I have a decent mm. amount of Alave, but I'm not, he's not one of my biggest stands. A rookie that I've been slow to warm up to, but I've really started been drafting heavily lately is Taekwon Thornton. Oh, that's, now you're talking my language as a Patriots dude, fan. This dude, I, going into the season, the draft season, I was kind of off the Patriots. I'm like, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. They've got four yeah. different running backs. You have to contend with five different running backs. They've got, a million receivers. I don't know who's going to get targeted, but as we've can't seen camp go on, I think it's kind of cleared out that Ramondre Stevenson is the best. I think he's the best talent they have at running back. And I love him. And like, he kind of goes in that ninth, 10th round. Now he's moving into yep. the eighth round. He's moved up a little bit on the steam, but Taekwon Thornton, this guy, you could still get in the 17th, 18th round. He's free. Free. Like he could be this year's Amon Ross, St. Brown, the, the receiver who's absolutely free. And he ran a four two eight in four two, and he's six three. And I thought he was like skinny because he's only listed at one eighty five. But when I watched him in that preseason game the other night, I don't know if he's bulked up or or they like list him too low. He looks like a beast. He looks like a physical like six three, and with that runs a four two eight. Like I like him much better. I have no Devonte Parker. I mean, who I think is good, but what mm-hmm. can you trust him to be healthy? Like. Kendrick Bourne's a nice player, but he's, you know, kind of a possession guy. Like, I don't mind him where he goes. I'm not taking any Nelson Aguilar. Like, I think by the end of the season, Tyquan Thornton could be the the best receiver on New England, and you're getting him in the 17th, 18th round right now. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm I'm scared of the Patriots for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, but also just based on the fact that, like, Joe Judge and uh, Matt Patricia, neither of which are really offensive minds, no, we don't know – Who's going to be calling plays? Like it, it's funny. A, a reporter asked Bill Belichick just this week. He, he said, "Is is it a competition?" And you know Belichick how he is. He just kind of yeah, laughs it off. He's like, exactly, "I could yeah. get into it. I could explain it, but we don't have time for that right now." It's like Bill, <laughs> like just explain it, man. We we know exactly what's happening. It's just it's so wild. I will say, um, Jacoby Myers was kind of my guy that I was going for. Yeah. Um, again, you get him in like the eleventh or twelfth round, but apparently. Devonte Parker is getting some chemistry with Mac Jones in the red zone, and for best balls, I mean, it, it's it's kind of touchdown or bust at that range. So if I'm getting any exposure at this point, I have I think back to back pretty much Devonte Parker and uh, Jacoby Myers, but uh, I might have to uh, take some stock into that because I mean, look, they spent, they spent the second round pick, but can I just go on a, a slight little rant here, Chris? Of course, man. So we all saw that long ass touchdown to Danny Gray of the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Okay. He ran, he runs a four, three, three, 40 yard dash blazing fast speed. Okay. They got him at the end of the third round. 
So what the hell are the Patriots doing getting this situational field stretcher in the early second when players like um, Sky Moore are still available? Like to me, it, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, I mean, even George Pickens went after yeah. Tyquan Thornton two picks I, after. So. I think people hated the Tyquan Thornton pick because he went after Pickens and, um, and Sky Pickens. Moore. Yeah, yeah, like that. That that like those dudes I think are much more complete players, and you know you can see it in their draft stock. Like you know, Sky Moore goes in the eighth round, the seventh round in that range. Mm-hmm. Pickens is now up to the the tenth round, but um, I. I still, I, I think Thornton's sneaky just because it's a dart. Like who in, in the 17th round, he can, he can, he's got this speed that if he catches one bomb from Matt Jones, who apparently looks great, was fighting people. And mm. in, in, did you read that headline today? How he was, he was fighting Brian Burns in practice. He said, I didn't really, see that. No, Tyke, Tyke, Tyquan Thornton hit, hit like a 60 yard touchdown for Matt Jones today or something. And then Matt, Jones said some real inappropriate shit to Brian Burns and they, and they got in a fist fight <laughs> over it. But I like that, man. I, oh, I, I man. mean, I'm not a Patriot fan, but I'm a, at this point, I'm a Taekwondo Thornton fan. Uh, so I like it. Well, Chris, you're a sharp fantasy football mind, so I, I think I'm going to have to bake a little bit of Taekwondo Thornton into my portfolio as we continue the draft season. So let's get into some of these team questions because there's a lot of question marks about some of these teams, whether they're going to be good, whether we're projecting to be to be good. But let's talk to start with the Detroit Lions. Okay. They're kind of an enigma this year. I mean, the Lions are the Lions, but yet you look at the team on paper, and other than Jared Goff, it's a pretty stacked offensive core. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Almond Ross St. Brown. How do you feel about the Detroit Lions this year? I, I like the Lions. I'm getting a lot of, of Swift. I mean, if you look yes. what Swift was had done in the 11 games he was healthy before mm-hmm. getting injured, and then they had no you know, incentive to rush him back. They were essentially tanking at that point. I think he is one of the most complete, dangerous, explosive backs in, in the NFL. And, and they have one of the most underrated offensive lines in the league. I think Ross Tucker, oh, yeah. who's like a former offensive lineman who does mm-hmm. the rankings for his site, said they were a second or third best line in the league. And Ooh. And Swift, you just give him, he just needs a little sliver of daylight and he can turn it into a big play. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking a ton of him in the second round. Like almost every second round pick is Saquon, Swift, or Javante for me. Like depending on who's there and where I'm picking. Like th- those are my, the three guys I'm just hammering in the second round. I like that. I don't know if you saw, but uh, that DeAndre Swift touchdown in the preseason game last or a few days back, he got hit right on that same shoulder where he that he injured. So just the fact that he didn't seem to blink an eye at it, yeah, it was a bit of a sigh of relief. It looks like he's fully healthy. And man, when that guy's healthy, he's going to be an absolute monster. And he's bulked up. It looked like he's added mm-hmm. some weight this year. Hopefully that helps him stay on the field and, and absorb the punishment a little better to have a, more of a full role and not have to be subbed out as much. But I mean, I, I, you got to assume Jamal Williams is going to have a role in the offense. But yeah, at the end of the day, like Swift, he's just he's so talented. They're going to want to give him the vast majority of the touches, I would say. Um, what about TJ Hawkinson? He seems to have lost a little bit of luster. I mean, he just he keeps letting fantasy managers down. Um, I officially because because Brandon has been nipping at my heels saying you got to put Dallas Goddard above Hawk. You got to do it. I'm just like, Brandon, I, I, I can't do it. I won't do it. Hawkinson's just an elite talent. But then between that and listening to our friend Alan Slezowski over on the Rotowire show, they talked about um, just the advantage of like the not so much that Hawkinson's bad, but just the fact that D- Dallas Goddard is going to be very good this year. I I, I did it. I did it just yesterday. I, 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 that's soon. a close one. I've yeah. gotten more Hawkins. I mean, uh, 
more Goddard because I, I take more Jalen Hurts. Like anytime, like if I if I get an AJ Brown in the third round, then I take Jalen Hurts in the sixth. And then if Hawk yeah. is there, I mean, uh, if Goddard's there in the eighth, that's a nice double stack. So that I don't draft a lot of tight end in that range. I'm like mm-hmm. way overweight, Kelsey. That's kind of just been my my stance on yeah. tight. Like I've, I've been way overweight, Kelsey. I've been getting a good amount of pits in the third when I don't have Kelsey. And then I'm usually waiting, but I have been taking some Goddard as a part of stacks. I've taken a little bit of uh, Hawkinson as a part of stacks. Like if I want to just really go in on, on Detroit and, and I like Goff as like Goff goes. Yeah. What, like maybe the 30th of the at quarterback, like he's probably like QB 29, 30. Like and I, I think with the talent they've got, you know, especially if Jameson Williams comes back second half of the year and gives them something, I think Goff can be useful as, as a second, third quarterback in best ball or uh super flex. He, he's certainly competent. So I'm just checking the latest 80, uh, underdog ADPs. Looks like he's going at QB 25, but at 191 overall, like that's yeah. the end of the draft, right? When you talk yeah. about 215 odd picks. So, I mean, same deal. He's basically free. If you want to just totally punt your second QB, Jared Goff's completely acceptable. Um, Really what I want to ask you about, though, Chris, is how do you feel about Amon Ross St. Brown? He's currently going as a wide receiver 31, ADP 60. Is that a nice little sweet spot? I, I think it is. I, yeah. I was a little slow um, to draft Amon Ross at the start of the draft season um, just because I, I thought I, – I, I didn't realize how long that Williams was probably going to be out. And I and then the more I just read about Amon Ra and Camp, it just seems like he's a leader on that team. It seems like even as a young player, like he's the dude that's like they're catching 200 balls at the jugs machine after practice. He like to get the he earned those targets last year, oh, yeah. even though he, yeah. you know, Swift was out, Hawkinson was out. Like you don't see a lot of rookie fourth round wide receivers come in and produce like that. So where he goes, like he's generally, what is he like sixth round? I don't have the underdog ADP up in front of me, but I think uh, he's like, uh, he's going at 60 overall. Okay. So right so around the five, six turn, five, six turn. Yeah. He's right yeah. in that range with, um, Mooney and, um, mm-hmm. Godwin. Like those are the guys you always is, is, I feel like the decision point you have there, whether it's like, I'm on raw Mooney and Godwin. So those are, uh, I, I'm getting I'm getting shares of all three of them, but I I, I have no problem taking Amon Ra there at, at cost. That's a sweet spot, yeah. I, to be honest, I've 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 avoided Chris Godwin. Um, I wrote an article really at the start of the season before we had any injury yeah. update. I'm still a little bit reluctant to draft him. I've only but... started recently. Like I yeah. I was like I remember reading your article and being like, he's right. I am not taking any any Godwin. But as as we've seen him back on the practice field, I think he because. You, you're all the money in these contests. Like if I'm drafting in my home league, a dynasty, I'm probably not even going to risk it with, with Godwin, but like yeah. all the money is in the prize pool is divvied out week 17. So it's like, yeah. if Godwin's firing at a hundred percent against, against, I think they play, uh, they play the Carolina Panthers. So that, that that's not an intimidating defense. Like Brady yes. might throw up for five touchdowns, two of them to Godwin. He could be like, and I don't think he's going to crush during the season, but, for you know a late uh, late fifth early sixth round pick, I think he'll be fine for you. And if he heats up that week fifteen through seventeen, like you're golden. So. <sighs> yeah. Uh, do you take kind of the same approach for DeAndre Hopkins? No, I haven't taken any Hopkins or very little. Like I think on a couple of like second pieces of a Kyler stack, but like yeah, you're just you're guaranteed. Um, you know the first six weeks gone. I think Hollywood Brown might come in and just kind of 
take over the number one role. And Hopkins wasn't great last year. Like mm-hmm. he kind of fell, he started off hot, but he like, he fell off. Like I, I don't, when, when, when a guy's a, little, a bit older and I don't think he's washed, but once they start going over that cliff a little bit, I don't think a lot of guys pull it back up. I'd rather, I'm always trying to find somebody's best season, like their, their breakout season yeah. rather than like hope that they, you know, find the fountain of youth. And especially when, cause he's, there's, you're not getting that big of a discount considering he's missing six games. Like I feel like no. he still goes like seventh, eighth round maybe. Yeah, he goes with wide receiver 36, 73 overall. Um, I have him baked in as wide receiver 49. So yeah. if you're following our sheets, you're probably yeah, not going to get Hopkins. You're not getting any Hopkins. No, no. no. And, and I'm There's okay with that. There's always somebody willing to jump him. That's just it. There's always somebody in a draft room that says, oh, this Hopkins upside is just absolutely massive. But, I mean, it's, it is. And I love Hopkins. He's been one of my favorite players to watch forever. I mean, anybody who likes football probably likes the way that DeAndre Hopkins plays football. But, I mean, Father Time is undefeated. Missing the first yeah. six games because of PED is like that's you know, writing's kind of on the wall in that sense, so that's worrisome. But I don't know, I mean, if you I want to take him, I don't hate it at his ADP. Like 73 is not going to sink your ship, but it's just there's so many other better choices. There's it's still a high value pick at another like age fade that I have like that is Keenan Allen. Like, and I love Keenan oh, Allen, yeah. he's one of my favorite players, but. He's going at in the third round, like the middle of the third round. I looked at his last two seasons. He had, I think, uh, 900-something yards and eight touchdowns and then 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. Like neither of those two seasons would justify where he's being drafted now. Like are you really mm-hmm. expecting him to improve on that significantly in his age 30 season? Because I, I think that's unrealistic. Like I don't, I'm not getting any Keenan Allen this year. Yeah, I haven't baked in right around his ADP. I think it's fine just because that offense is going to be electric. And, you know, especially underdogs, obviously 0.5 PPR, but especially in full yeah. PPR contests, that's where his it's, value it's better, is. better. Yeah, I, I'm not taking any of them on, on underdog. Like, if, if you wanted to to go DraftKings full PPR, I think you could yep. get away with it. And Dra- DraftKings, just to change the subject a little bit, DraftKings is very soft. Like, you can pretty mm-hmm. much make any lineup you want at, at DraftKings. Do you see a lot of crazy stuff? Like, you'll see, you know, I was in a draft today where Tyler Conklin went in the fifth round, you know? like Fifth round. Fifth round. So Good it's Lord. like you get a lot of just, like, casual people that don't really understand the format that are just, like, you know, on DraftKings to bet or to do DFS and just – or mess around and and it's it's soft so you can kind of craft your teams the way you want i mean there's going to be you're going to be up against a lot of sharp teams when you make the playoffs but yeah but it that so there's going to be a lot of like stacked teams but if you if you want to build a a charger stack and you want to focus it on keenan allen you'll be able to find additional ways to supplement that like a couple rounds later in the draft so I haven't done any uh, underdog or uh, excuse me, any DraftKings ones yet. I, I think I got to jump in. I, last year, this is actually right around the time where I jumped into DraftKings and I kind of just hammered DraftKings for the last couple of weeks. I, I yeah. stopped on underdog because now there's more people, plus there's the sharks and underdog. And I really flipped over to, to DraftKings and I, I found it was qu- quite successful. So I think I got to make that switch. Let's move on to the Rams. Okay. Cam Akers to me seems like a steal as the RB19. ADP 46. I mean, Daryl Henderson, he's a fine player, but we remember Cam Akers for what he was. And yet we're going to hold it against him. The fact that he came back early from the Achilles, didn't look super explosive in the playoffs last year. And now we're just completely fading him. Like he's, he's defective or effectively in the dead zone, but the Rams 
where they, they were the number one team in terms of um, touchdowns scored through the air at 80% of their touchdowns. That's going to regress this year, which means they're probably going to need to rely on the run more. Problem is, Cam Akers is hurt, and so is Daryl Henderson right now. So <laughs> yeah, I it's know, just, you know it's, it's old news. So, I mean, am, am I crazy here well, I think Cam I, Akers is a value? I think you, you, you're going to get a chance in the next few days that that news will push him down a little bit. Like you're yeah. going to be able to get him in the fifth and maybe even sixth round. So at that point, it's like you just take that and and think that he's only going to get better as the season goes on. It's, you, as you said, it's a great offense. They, they should be a little more run heavy just on like natural regression in, in the red zone. Um so I have no problem taking taking cam acres. I don't have a ton of them, but like I have a I have a fair amount of them. I'm probably like on the field. I'm not like a strong like overweight or or, or by no means fading him. Yeah, if he falls to you at the right spot, you're gonna grab him. Yeah, and you're not exactly. gonna go to your weight or reach on him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of the same way with him to be honest with you because, I mean, the Rams as a whole. I mean, Stafford's got the the shoulder. It's it sounds like he's been a full participant. Yeah, but, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not letting that scare me off of Cooper okay. Cup or or. Or a Rob, I'm, I'm drafting them as as if Stafford's good to go. Yeah, so I'm on record of saying that well, I'm lower than the field on Allen Robinson. Kevin and I have a bet. I think it's that he's going to finish as wide receiver 23 or, or worse. Um, I I have moved him up because you know at some point you have to just kind of trust the masses, and I'm still a little behind weight on him, but I have him at pick 40 overall. Yeah, as I'm. Wide, I'm... I'm underweight on him just relative to where he goes, but I'm he's one of the ones that scares me. Like kept listening to you guys debate, it got me like um thinking a little bit that maybe I needed some more. And also just everything that's come out of camp has been fantastic about him. Like I know I went in slow on him because I had him in a lot of leagues last year and he was terrible. And like I'm like, is he washed? Is but like I didn't want to buy the argument that he's just not trying because he's on a crappy team. Like that doesn't really speak well to his character to begin with. So it's like I, I was a little burnt by last year and was slow, but I've started picking up some more of them as we go, just because now, especially as Van Jefferson's been banged up, if they get Odell back, it's not going to be for, you know, probably eight weeks, 10 weeks, maybe into the season. I think that that's going to be a very concentrated target tree to, there and for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, so in 2021, obviously it was a complete debacle. In 2020, he had 151 targets. And finished as a wide receiver 13 in fantasy points per game. And then in 2019, he had 153 targets and finished as wide receiver nine. So he's going to need the volume. And, and I'm not sure he's going to get that volume. That's why I'm just not quite as bullish on him. Now, I'm pretty sure the only guy on the planet that is worried, well, that's really worried about it because you listen to all these other. Yeah, everybody loves lines. him. They're just loving Allen Robinson. So I'm, I'm there, underweight I'm on him as it is, yeah. but I'm a little worried about it. Just as good as he's looked at camp and the fact that so many smart people think he's a, he's a smash this year. Yeah, I would say if, if somebody was to ask me, what is the player you're most afraid about being wrong about? And it's Allen Robinson. The thing is, is that, you know, you're still going to get a solid player, whoever you draft. If say you fade Allen Robinson and you go with somebody who's going around him in that ADP range, like you're still going to get a solid player. Yeah. Like I'm getting a lot of Jerry Judy in that range, like Cortland Sutton, yeah. Jerry Judy. Cortland like, Sutton, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. I'm on a weird streak of where I just get picks in the back half of the round. Um, just randomly, obviously the last uh, week yeah. or so. So I've been getting like a ton of, just taking a ton of Kelsey in the first round, then Saquon or uh, Swift in the second round, and then usually like ETN or someone like that in the third, and then just a Cortland Sutton or a Judy in the fourth. Mm -hmm. And then 
Mahomes in the fifth. Like I think Mahomes is is undervalued right now. Like I think of what the floor that he's built in, and their playoff schedule is so soft. Like they play indoors at Houston week 15. They host what will probably be a tanking Seattle team week 16. And then they have a shootout potentially for the division title or playoff position versus Denver in week 17, the championship when the money's on the line. So it's like, I don't think you could craft a better schedule. And it's an easy, they're easy stacks to make because Mahomes goes in the fifth and everybody other than Kelsey goes after him. And I think even the price on the Denver guys, you could pick your Denver receiver in the fourth round, third, fourth round. To, to run it back with. So I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. You're definitely getting a decent price on, on, on those players. Um, I, I, if you had to choose, are you going uh, Sutton or, or Judy? I, I think I'm kind of splitting the baby here. Like I yeah. think I'm going, I'm going more Sutton on uh, underdog, which is half point PBR. thinking he'll be the bigger player, more of the, the red zone target, kind of the DK Metcalf for Russ and that, Judy will be more of the the kind of possession guy. So in the full point um, drafting scoring, I've been getting a little more of Judy. That makes sense. That makes sense. So. Um, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. So this year, ob- like objectively, they're way worse this year. Um, Mike's boy, Desmond Ritter, had, you know, he had a decent preseason game. So respect to that. But whether it's Marcus Mariota, whether it's Desmond Ritter, I'm worried about the Atlanta Falcons. Um, how do you feel about Kyle Pitts going to as tight end three ADP thirty two overall? I mean, that to me that's a fair deal for for the upside. But what's your take on that? I'm getting, I'm definitely getting some Pitts. Like I think he has, um, he has a ceiling that no other tight end I, I think other than than Kelsey and Mark Andrews have. So yeah, like like I said, I'm I'm drafting these these tournaments. I'm I'm trying to win it. Like I'm I'm trying not taking safe plays. And I think he had over a thousand yards as a twenty one year old tight end like that doesn't like that doesn't happen like it's it's unprecedented like only Ditka had more tight end yards as a rookie and he's not even really a tight like he doesn't he you can use him as a tight end obviously but he's split out more than he's actually in line as a tight end or in the slot like he's the number one passing option there and I think like a 6'6 athletic freak like that is not going to run as bad on touchdowns as he did last year so I'm I'm fine with Pitts in the third round like I, it, I I'm getting a lot more Kelsey just the way my drafts have been falling lately yeah. but I'm, I'm definitely overweight on Pitts too like they're they're both like in my top five tight ends owned okay so you've got Kelsey you've got Pitts and then you've got a lot of Dallas Goddard Sounds yeah, I've like. got some Goddard and I've, and, I've, and and the cheaper guys too that I've been pairing. Like yeah. just once once it gets down towards the end of the draft, I'm taking like you know just trying to stack or or just have a second player that works in with like a correlation in like you know week 16, 17. So I'm getting some some Ingram, some Fant, some Higby stuff like that. But but my main two guys that I'm targeting is is Kelsey and, and Pitts. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for me, if you kind of miss that, like that, that Gals got her TJ Hawkins in tier, I like to wait and get Cole Komet because I think he's probably yeah. going to have a very similar range of outcomes versus Pat Fryermuth or even Dawson Knox. But if you fade the hell out of tight end, Ty Conklin, unless he's going in fifth round, he's generally available. No, there. you're right. Sounds I mean, like- he, last round, he should be, he's undrafted most of the leagues. I mean, he's been getting yeah. a little bit of steam to at least he is like an, an 18th round pick now, a last round pick. But like probably, and there's an added advantage to that. Like a player like him who in like the best ball mania contest where there's already been 250,000 teams drafted up until last week, he wasn't getting drafted at all. So yeah. you're trying to build a unique team. So 
if if half the field is not even going to have Tyler Conklin as an option, like if you, the, the chance of if you get to week 17, if you make it to the finals, there's not going to be a lot of Tyler Conklin. There's only there's, you know, just statistically half mm. the, the chance that he's even going to be owned. So that, that that gives you a more unique option. So I think there's an added benefit to a player like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously with Zach Wilson being out for at least looks like a month, it, it sounded like the surgery went well. There's nothing quote unex or that they didn't expect with the yeah. surgery, so that's that's good news. But he was starting to show rapport with Ty Conklin, and so you wonder how Joe Flacco is going to do at the start of the season. But to your point, we're ba- you're we're banking on weeks 15, 16, 17. Yeah, and, and with Conklin's so. your your 18th round pick, like who are you yeah. you're comparing him against like Daniel Bellinger from the Giants yeah. or like Trey McBride. It, I mean, it's pretty yeah. much a dart throw. Like I, at that point, I'm, I'm trying to make stacks. Like if when I'm picking my second, third tight end, I'm trying to pair it with my second or third quarterback and just, uh, you know, shoot for upside there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Seahawks. Um, news came down today. Well, good news is Penny's return to practice. Okay, that's a positive. Let's go class, glass yeah. half full to start. Sweet, beautiful baby Kenneth Walker. He's dealing with a hernia issue, whatever that means. That's worrisome, man. I, it's funny because it's like I, I I grew up wrestling and like you know like run marathons in my adulthood, yeah. like and yeah wrestled through college. So I've had all these injuries. Like I've had the same surgery. Zach Wilson had three ties. I had three meniscus oh, surgeries. Wow. I, I've had the sports hernia surgery. That was an easy one. That was probably the easiest surgery I had in my whole life. Like I was in and out same day and like felt great was like running full within two weeks. Like, I don't think that like, you know, obviously I'm not a world-class athlete, like, like these guys who Mm -hmm. perform at that level, but like, that was a really easy procedure for me. But I, I, and I, I got a lot of Ken Walker just because I think Pete's going to run the ball. He's going to force it. And like, you know, do you think, would you, if you, you know, Gun to your head, would you bet on Penny being healthy in week six, 15 through 17? No. I, I, no, of course you wouldn't. I like him. I want him to be healthy. I think he's an exciting player. I'm getting some of him too. But, like, I, I think there's a better chance than not that Ken Walker is the bell cow for the playoff weeks. So if you could get him in the, the 10th, 11th round, you know, like, that should be a print fest, you know? Man, he's going to, like, his ADP is going to, plummet after this news i i would expect now is the time like to your point though as news comes out in the next couple weeks about him getting healthy again and practicing again his adp will probably shoot back up to right around you know 100 so round eight round nine yeah but you got to surf the adp waves because a lot of the yeah. stuff that moves this stuff is just overreactions because it's you know beat writers have a job to do they're they're reporting mm-hmm. they need to print an article each day so they're reporting stuff that might not be that big of a deal in reality but it's going to move adp because we have nothing to go off of because there's no actual you know other than maybe the guys playing a series or two in the preseason like mm-hmm. you know george look at what happened to george pickens isaiah pacheco romeo dobbs <laughs> these guys are moving up five rounds a day in yes. ADP. And like whether you believe it or not or want to invest in it like that's what's happening so i think i should have to go back and look i i want to say george pickens went like round five or six in my draft yesterday that i did i just did like one of those three dollar contests just yeah. to you know get a gauge on some of the adps as they're shifting I, I like to do them every day sort of thing but uh that's it that's that to me that's too rich um okay let's let's pivot away from team specific news and let's talk a little bit of strategy chris because 
any donkey can go and follow ADPs and draft players and generally speaking, have an okay draft, right? You can auto pick and have an okay draft where you really differentiate your team is based off of your roster construction. So, and I don't want this cop out answer about, (laughs) Oh, you know, it depends on how, what players fall from it. But generally speaking, when you're approaching your drafts, what sort of like roster construction do you like to have? And what I mean by that for the people are is, do you like to pay up for tight end? Do you like to pay up for one of those elite running quarterbacks? Do you like to wait on those position players? Um, are you an, uh, a zero RB zealot? Are you uh, a bust RB guy? RB like, I am not at all. I mean, I'll take the occasional zero RB team, but like if you yeah. looked at my numbers, I have very few zero RB teams. Yeah, I, I think less so this year just because I, I really like the, the second round. Like mm-hmm. I like I said, I, every almost every second round that I can, I'm taking either. I think there's four really good backs in the second round, whether it's Saquon, who's probably not going to be in the second round for long. Um, Swift, Javante Williams, and Aaron Jones. Like I'm leaving almost every second round with one of those two guys. So I have hardly any zero RB this year. I'm taking, and then in the first round, like I think the top five is pretty, like is is pretty solid. Like McCaffrey, um, JT, whatever side of the argument you're on with that, and then the three stud receivers, whatever order you want to put them: Cup, Jefferson, and Chase. So. Anytime I'm in the top five, I'm getting one of those. So I think yeah. th- a lot of times, like I leave the the first two rounds with the decision made for me of how I'm going to construct my builds. Do you have uh, what's, what's your take on Leonard Fournette? Would you classify him or you're? you're... I've I've got less. I'm 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 underweight, Lenny. Which uh, yeah. now now he's not overweight anymore. But <laughs> I, you should, I think when, when when for like the brief two weeks where he was fat and he was like falling into like the mid third like yeah. late third round he was probably a buy but it this is just like two guys that i'm underweight on just on gut feel and i know the numbers don't back it up are lenny and connor because i just think they're not like they those are guys that ran hot as the sun last year with touchdowns mm-hmm. with health and just veterans with a lot of wear that like i i there's something it just gut feel i don't feel they're going to be able to replicate it so i i have less lenny like i it, it this is like and Matt would would hate me on both of these guys, but I'm, yeah. I'm underweight on both of those too. Yeah, I don't think I have a lot of James Conner for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I mean, you talk about your classic dead zone RB. I mean, yeah. dead zone you can classify it as what mid round three, and that's right around where James Conner is going. Now, yeah. I've got a few shares of them. If he falls to me late round three, I'm okay with it, but I don't have a lot of that. Um, I like Leonard Fournette. If I'm picking at the early start, uh, so say I get picked two, three, or four, and I end up going with one of the ride receivers, whether it be Jefferson or Cup or something like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, the running backs you already named are off the board. Yeah. And so Leonard Fournette's staring at my, in my, me in the face, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, it's really between him and Javante. Yeah. And I generally am leaning Leonard Fournette above Javante just because Melvin Gordon is good. I, I like Melvin Gordon. He's a guy that I'm targeting late in drafts because I think he's good. Problem is Javante is unbelievable but yeah i i love javante and i and i i I, if you if i'm in dress where i don't get javante i have no problem taking melvin gordon where he goes at adp yeah because i think he is going to have a role but i think javante is a a special player like that dude just when you watch him he jumps off the screen the analytics back it up i think he led the nfl in like tackle uh broken tackle percentage last year so I, I just think that Russ is going to be the, the tide that lifts all boats in that offense. And I, I could see Javante having a monster season. So, 
Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I did a draft recently, and I ended up getting Kelsey. I think he was. I, I want to say I was right around the end of the first round, so I think I got Kelsey early second round. So I got good value on Kelsey, and then I got my very first and only share of Josh Allen because he fell to me in the fourth round. Wow. After that, though, when I was looking at my team buildup, I felt like I was a little bit shallow. Like I didn't have that, you know, that one of those top two or three stud position players at wide receiver or running back. Um, you talked about you do a lot of Kelsey Mahomes stacks. How are you feeling about your drafts with the other position players? Are, are there some guys you're targeting a little bit later that you, that you feel comfortable that can kind of make up that value? When when uh, on those stacks you're saying, on the Kelsey, uh, like Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I, I think there's a lot. I think receivers is is really deep. Like yeah. I, I have no problem. Like I think two guys that I'm way overweight on, well, there's three really, is – Eli Moore for the Jets. I'm not worried about who's the quarterback. <laughs> I think they'd be better off with Flacco, honestly, or for yeah. or Mike White for for Eli. I think he is going to produce with whoever the quarterback is in there, and he tends to go in the sixth round. Kadarius Tony in the seventh round, who's an injury risk and is you know a risk to like wear the wrong cleats or do something dumb, but he's just an electric talent. Like yeah. those dude. Like if if Kadarius Tony plays 17 games. I wouldn't be shocked if he's like a top seven or eight receiver this year. Like he's, he's that guy that, that can produce from that range that like he, he has that in his range of outcomes. And, and then I think Traylon Burks is just a, a stupid value. So like, I, I'm not worried. Like if I, 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 I want to get a stud receiver, I'm, I'm never passing on a, a cup Jefferson or chase in the top five, yeah. if, you know, in the top picks three, if I get picks three through five, but I'm very comfortable, like just, dominating those middle rounds with receiver and feel like I can make it up when I take a, a Kelsey or Mahomes early. That's uh, that's good. I mean, it it's not one of those things where I push for it, but when Kelsey falls to me right around that two, three, or excuse me, one, two turn, I, I find myself getting some shares and Mark Andrews falls sometimes to the end of the second round. He does. So, yeah. So what that, do you think? Me, do you that, think Isaiah likely is going to cut into his, because he's been getting a lot of hype lately. And I, and I think there's probably like, He's like Mark Andrews is the one there. Like he's yeah. an absolute stud, but that, that it kind of gave me a little bit of a pause. I don't know if I should take it in any way seriously or not. Honestly, Isaiah likely from what I remember with my profile, uh, when I was doing the rookie profiles, he, he doesn't really move the needle. He's still a rookie and he, no, he, he doesn't worry me. I'm just trying to pull up to see if I can see how many times I ran into two tight end sets. So I don't have that data here, but I could see the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they're going to be shifting back more towards those, uh, the, the running the ball more. So they're probably going to have more of those two tight ends sets. I could see Isaiah likely being more that inline tight end for blocking where, you know, Mark Andrews is going to go and catch the rock. Like on the topic of the Ravens, two quick questions for you. Yeah. Where do you, are you buying the Dobbins dip now? Cause I've been getting him a little bit in the sixth round, even like, do you are, how do you feel it's about fine. that? Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of exposure to him. So I'm just I'm playing around with my tears right now. And so I've got JK Dobbins. Well, I have him just after AJ Dillon. So I have him as my RB25. So basically I've got um that tier of Josh Jacobs and, and Antonio Gibson together. I, I'm I'm not buying all the BS about Antonio Gibson. I think he just pissed off Rivera somehow. And yeah. they, that's what's making him run with the punt unit. But I still like jo uh, Antonio Gibson there. And then it's that next tier of AJ Dillon, JK Dobbins, Tony Pollard. I really I'm okay like AJ to, Dillon. I've got yeah, a AJ, lot of AJ Dillon. Yeah. So, yeah, AJ Dillon I like a lot for probably the same reasons as you. J.K. Dobbins, love him as a talent. The problem is he's obviously coming off the injury. Yeah. 
but he, they also don't pass the ball that much to him. So no, I mean, he's a fair value. Look, if if you fade, say you go say you go one of these elite tight ends early, or you go wide receiver heavy, and then you go and get a quarterback, and you need a running back, like it's it's like a that that Mendoza line where you just yeah. need to get an RB two. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with J.K. Dobbins as my RB two because when he's on the field, man, he's absolutely electric. I'm just really worried about the fact that I I'm not confident he's going to be on the field in the first month, and then you're not going to cut J.K. Dobbins, right? Like, there's no yeah. way you're going to cut him during the waiver wire period. So he might be just a body. And then, you know, running backs, like we see it already. Like, Elijah Mitchell, he's hurt. Um, Penny was out. Walker's been hurt. So, like, these running backs just are so injured already that I'm probably more inclined to take, if I'm going to take an injured player, we, we always pre- don't take injured players. If I'm going to take one, it's probably going to be the wide receiver. And I'm probably going to fade J.K. Dobbins. So I'm not, I don't love it. I don't want other Ravens thing. Who do you, do you have any feel for who the number two receiver is going to be there? Is it Duvernay? Is it pro pro sure? Pro, pro Wallace. Talon Wallace sucks. James Prochet is okay. I think it's going to be Devin Duvernay, man. He's, he's got the wheels. I think he's going to play the slot, but it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be probably what Mark Andrews, 22, 23% target share. Yeah. It's going to be Rashad Bateman, 22, 23% target share. And then it's going to be a bunch of other little guys that, frankly, aren't going to be fantasy relevant. Um, Duvernay is a guy that I'm taking a shot on uh, late in, in a lot of drafts just because he is so cheap. Um, I actually got him on my Scott Fishbowl contest, and I was pretty happy about that just because he is so damn quick. Yeah, he's a guy who could who could just bust a 60-yard you know, bomb out and, and make hit your optimal lineup like uh, you know two or three times there. Yeah, the I mean, so your, your goal I'm man. looking at here. He's got a 439 40-yard dash, so he's quick as all yeah. hell. I think uh, – so So I don't know if you ever listened to Roster Watch, Alex Dunlap. I do, yeah. Um, I think they're really a big, good. Yeah. Uh, Duvernay was uh, – I, I think he went to high school around where Alex is. Alex is in Austin. Texas, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and um, he was like – he was a track star, and he's just, he's just a freaking athlete, man. So if I'm going to take a shot on a wide receiver two in that offense, it's definitely going to be Duvernay. We even saw it on special teams last year, right? So yeah, you, you like that. I've got a ton of Bateman. I've, I've, I've been all over Bateman, Bateman this year. Yes. Fifth, sixth round. Like, I think that's like you're getting a wide receiver one in a good offense. And like, he's another one. That's why, like, I'm comfortable going running backs and, you know, a tight end early. When you could, there's guys like that in the fifth, sixth round that, that I think can produce at a third, fourth round level. Yeah. So if you, if you have an early pick, and I've done this actually, and Mark Andrews does fall to you at the end of the second round, you can go like, Boom, boom, and get uh, Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman all, all in like your first five rounds, and that would be yeah. it's kind of disgusting in, in, a, in a good way. Oh like, yeah, like L- Lamar me. has that. I mean, we've seen Lamar do it. Like yeah. we've seen Lamar have that season that wins you everything. So yeah, and he looks fantastic. Like he's bulked up. He's played for a new contract. Like. I, I don't have enough Lamar. I want to get more. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I've been by no means fading him. I've been getting my shares when I can, but that's someone in the next few weeks. I want, I want more exposure to. Oh, man, not to get into the contract talk, but I just don't know what the hell he's doing. I just don't, I just don't How do get you it. Not have an agent. Like, I don't know. Just pay the, whatever percent it is and let, let them figure that out yeah. for you. I don't know. I, I think the latest thing is he came to the, to the Ravens and he basically said, I want the Sean Watson's contract. Well, how could he settle for anything less than Deshaun Watson's contract? This guy's won an MVP and he's has no sexual assaults pending. Like, I mean, yeah. The problem with the Watson contract is it was just completely unprecedented and it was just a stupid contract. Yeah. 
it's so like it's, it's, it's uh, the Christian Kirk contract just changed the market. Not that Christian well, Kirk has anything like Deshaun Watson, yeah. but like that contract made every receiver in the league pissed off and saying, I have to make more than Christian Kirk. And they all got it pretty much to, to a band. They all got paid, whether it's DK, um, McLaurin, all of them, they all got their contracts. Wow. So. Unless you're Deontay Johnson who got, what was it? Two years at 18 million. Yeah, which he was took just a little bit of a, little bit of a discount. There, total discount. Like. Man, Steelers, they, they probably just said, look, Look at this George Pickens tape. We love you, Deontay. We love you. But we got the but guy. We got we got George Pickens because the Patriots and many other teams decided to pass on the on the guy. Um, okay. So the last thing we're gonna before we get you out of here, Chris, I just want to know like, is there any player that we haven't talked about that you you feel you need to get on tape, player that you're either super high on or super low on before we, we get out of here? Um, super low on, let me see. I like, I have no, I have no Josh Jacobs. I just think that that's going to be a, a committee yeah. and I know he's, he's falling now, but I just, I think that's going to be a committee. I think that, 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 uh, McDonald's has always been a committee guy. And I think they just have too many chefs in that kitchen. Like Amir Abdullah is decent. Yeah. Kenyon Drake is decent. Zamir White, Zemir it was White, like man. a five star coming out of high school and look yes. it's looked really good so far so I've, I've got absolutely zero josh jacobs um trying to think who else i i'm, I'm scared now that i'm that i'm underweight mike thomas because he's looked so good but but i don't think there's i don't think i'm gonna buy in at the higher price um who who do i have a ton of um i i've, I've, I've just been hammering that middle round of receivers like we said like Kadarius yeah. tony bateman Elijah Moore and I and you know what it would I think is is sneaky I think the Jaguars are are underpriced like I think yeah. there's a big like you see a lot of times in these drafts like if I miss like on all the QBs that I want to stack like all the running like I was getting a ton of Trey Lance when he was you know going in the ninth round but now <laughs> yeah. like when people believe that Jimmy G might still be a problem mm -hmm. but you know when I miss now if, if I miss on Lance Russ Dak whoever Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to have a lot better season than, than people realize. And I just think that that the difference between a competent like Doug Peterson, who can run an offense, run an NFL franchise, has respected the locker room, as opposed to Urban Meyer. And even though the receivers they brought in aren't stars, but like I think Zay Jones is pretty good. And you can get him in the 17th, 18th round. Like I've got a lot of Zay Jones. Like yep. It's just cheap. Like if, if, if I'm stacked at running back and wide receiver and miss on quarterback, I have no problem going Trevor Lawrence and, and then stacking him late with like Zay Jones as like my eighth receiver or like Evan Ingram, who people hate because he drops a lot of passes, but he's still pretty talented and he's essentially free as like, you know, a 16th round tight end or something, you know? So I, I think the Jags are going to be a little, a little better offensively than people realize. There you go. And don't fit the Jays and don't fate Travis Etienne. So no, that's it, Chris. Got, you made I've it. Got a ton of him, a ton of Etienne. He's one of my highest known players, so that's that's the right answer. Um, of course, you guys can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Felicetta. Go over to dfsarmy.com. Go to the season-long fantasy football tab right at the very top of the page and check out some of Chris's content. You can also follow my content there if you yeah like to dabble in that sort of thing. Uh, we got to draft kit. It's live It's for our VIP members. Same link. If with the season long fantasy football, you can also get geeks free fantasy football rankings. Uh, mine's behind the paywall, but with, with the draft kit, you get player write-ups, you get uh, positional tiers, you get overall rankings, you get cross positional tiers, which now include auction. And very shortly, I'm going to be adding the super flex 
um, ranking sheet. So and go check it out. Just launched a $3 Superflex tournament with no rake tonight. It'll probably be filled before you go to bed. But if you want to just cheap and have some fun with some Superflex best ball, use our promo code DFSRB and get in there. Just fire out some Superflex best ball. Use Shades rankings. Have you done any Superflex best ball yet? I haven't actually. No, they had I've a looked- contest like a, they had they had a, like a five dollar contest. I think it was five or ten dollar contest. Yeah, I did maybe like thirty entries into, and it's it's fun. It's different. It's very different because people people don't value quarterback enough. Like people are scared to be taking like you know Kirk Cousins when I uh, I don't know like Amon Ross St. Brown still on the board and stuff. And people it takes people a while to adjust. So if if you get your quarterbacks early, yeah. I think you could be advantaged in that. That's that's interesting. You know, it's funny. I spend so much time building the content for one QB leagues. I don't play in a single one quarterback league. Everything <laughs> that I play in is super flex. So I probably should get a few of those reps in before I start drafting. I've got one left. My my one my my first fantasy yeah. league that started with my college buddies in 1999. Like that's oh, the wow. only one left that is uh, one quarterback. Everything else is is super flex too. So Beautiful, beautiful, man. All right, guys. So go check out all of our content over at DFSArmy.com. For Chris, I'm Flex Shane, and we are the Bull Calls Fantasy Football Show.